This podcast is brought to you by Conquer Cancer, the ASCO Foundation. Our mission is to accelerate breakthroughs in life-saving cancer research and empower people everywhere to conquer cancer. You can help by donating at conquer.org forward slash podcast. Welcome to Your Stories, a podcast where we hear candid stories from people conquering cancer. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Lewis. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and it is our privilege to talk to Kane Wilson and his mom, Connie. Kane has been conquering Ewing sarcoma, a cancer that most often occurs in and around the bones. Kane and Tani, I am delighted to welcome you both to the podcast today. Hello. Hello. So nice to meet you both. So Kane, you're the star of the show here, buddy. Okay. So I want you to tell me and our listeners a little bit about, about you. How old are you and what grade are you in? I am 12 years old and I just started seventh grade. Oh my gosh. Wow. Middle school. Okay. And and tell us, we'll get to the school thing in a minute, but when you're not at school, what do you like to do for fun? I like to go hunting, fishing, and play video games. Ah, so both an outdoorsman and uh, and a gamer. I So I'll tell you, Kane, I have a 10-year-old son, a boy almost your age, who is in fifth grade, and I have a 13-year-old daughter who's in eighth, so kind of either side of you. And my son is a real gamer. I think I think you and he would get along really well. So Kane, I, I really appreciate talking to you today because I know it's probably hard sometimes to think about, you know, being sick. Can I just ask, because I think this is an important part of the podcast, is raising awareness for childhood cancer. You know, people tend to think that cancer is a disease that only affects older adults, right? Before you were sick, had you ever heard of Ewing sarcoma? No, I I hadn't. I hadn't really even heard of cancer, really. Right. Yeah, I was, was going to ask you that. So the reason I'm a cancer doctor is my dad got cancer when I was eight. And so I saw him go through that at a pretty early age. And everyone's a little different. You know, some families it is very common and others it's not. It sounds like in your family, and Tani, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like there wasn't much until this happened to Kane, huh? Well, Kane, I'll tell you really briefly, and you are so much braver and stronger than I am, but I've actually dealt with cancer myself. So you and I have had different types of cancer. We'll talk about you and sarcoma in a second. My cancer was in my pancreas. And it happened to me because my cancer does run in my family. So my father, who I mentioned, had cancer. His brother, my uncle, and my paternal grandfather all had cancer. And actually, I passed on this mutation to my son, who I mentioned. Now, he hasn't had cancer yet. We're keeping a close eye on him. But I really appreciate the fact that this is something that you know can be so close to home and it can happen to young people, too. So, again, I'm really, really sorry it happened to you. Can you tell... The grown-ups who are going to listen to this, what is it like to have to deal with and conquer cancer as a young person? How has this affected you? It's cool the thought that I have, well, almost conquered a disease that affects a lot of the nation and is probably one of the most scared things throughout humans. And it is scary some days to think about what may happen. Yeah. And, but I just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. I love it. Well, I have to tell you, Kane. so the average age of a person in my practice with cancer is 68 years old. So quite a bit older than you, right? But I have this age range where one in seven of my patients is, is a young adult. Now, again, I actually don't treat patients as young as you. 
But nonetheless, you are a fantastic example of just how resilient and courageous a young person can be. I don't know if you know this, but the whole notion that we can give chemotherapy to help people with cancer, even cure them of cancer, actually developed in children. Does the name Sidney Farber mean anything to you? It might not. So Sidney Farber was a great doctor who practiced, gosh, now it's going to seem like ancient history, but basically the middle part of last century, he started to realize, you know what, these young people with cancer, and particularly it was young people with leukemia, he said, well, I think they're strong enough. I think that they can handle chemotherapy. And so he started really pushing the bounds of what a young person like you could tolerate. And he did it. He wasn't trying to be mean or, or merciless. He was trying to see because young people like you, Kane, are so strong, how much chemo can they handle? How, how much can we push that envelope to cure them? And, and I know that you've been through some very difficult um, treatments, uh, but there's a history there where we've really learned from young people like you exactly how much uh, treatment a person should receive. And there's other treatments too, as you know, like surgery and radiation enough treatment to get the cancer under control. What was your secret, if I may ask, to staying strong during your during your treatment? Because I know the treatment for Ewing's is not easy. Just fight as hard as you can. Didn't want to lose everything that I got and just kept chugging along. Yeah. Did you have to spend a lot of time in the hospital? Uh, well, the first year I had it. You know, I With the first regimen we did, yeah. we were inpatient quite a bit. I spent a whole year there. That the regimen for initial treatment was pretty, pretty harsh. And then even when we were off of chemo, his counts were so low and he was neutropenic. So we had to go back in. So yeah, that first year, 14 months was. It's intense, right? It was, yeah. And I think what we're getting at here, Kane, and I think this is important for people to hear is, you know, a lot of cancer treatment actually is not given in the hospital, most of the cancer treatment I give actually is given in the clinic to people that you know, come into my office from home and then they get to go back home. But someone like you, especially in that first year or 14 months, they spend most of their time in the hospital, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you mentioned your video games. Obviously, you didn't get to go hunting or fishing during that year, but did you get to play video games in the hospital? Yeah, they would bring in different type of video game systems into me. They would bring in Xbox. Well, he was still young. When we first got diagnosed, he was he was only six. So oh, he, gotcha. he wasn't quite into the, you know, the the big gaming yet. I hear you, Tali. Well, I guess I, I, I'm projecting because when I had my pancreas cancer surgery, uh, my wife and my kids got me a Nintendo Switch. So I played video games most of the time <laughs> I was in the hospital. So um, I guess I'm just a kid at heart. But I got pretty good at The Legend of Zelda, I have to tell you. I don't know if I'm as good a gamer as you are, King, but... Um, He's in Fortnite. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You, I, we're definitely not on the same level. Can you tell me what's the, what's the, the nicest or coolest thing someone has done for you to help since your diagnosis? I forget if it was in my first or second year there, but it was in one of the long stays. But there was this one doctor, I believe. He made it fun because we snuck into the teen room and I was <laughs> And we played air hockey, and he gave me a, and he said if I won this game of air hockey, he would give me a bag of suckers, and he did. Yeah. Oh, wow. Come to find out when, when he delivered the bag of suckers, well, he gave them to the nurse to give to us. Um, we weren't supposed to have suckers on the floor, you know, because of choking hazards. I think you were seven then, I think. Yeah. I think that was when he was seven. Well, can't, I don't know if you know the phrase forbidden fruit. 
It means like in the Garden of Eden with the apple that Adam and Eve weren't supposed to have. It means things always taste a little bit better if you're not supposed to have them. So I bet those suckers taste <laughs> That's awesome. Can you tell me, you mentioned about you know, seventh grade and school starting up. What are you most excited about this year? I'm ready to dissect. I want to dissect animals. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and, and is that something you know you'll get to do in science class? Yes. They said that just yesterday, I think, that we're going to be dissecting frogs. Yes. Um, this is going to sound weird. Obviously, I you know ended up in science. I actually have very, very vivid memories of dissecting a frog in biology class. You really learn a lot about anatomy and just how amazing, you know, these bodies are, whether it's an animal or the human body. And you've learned so much about the human body the hard way, you know. Now, you do not have to say doctor to this question, okay? But I'm very curious. Do you have any idea yet what you'd like to be when you grow up? <laughs> well, I realize that technology is starting to become really popular. Yeah. But I want to become like a businessman that makes robots. And oh, wow. I like it. It is pretty incredible, you know, what they can do these days. So I, I would be so excited if you ended up doing that. Okay, that sounds absolutely wonderful. <laughs> well, very good. So, Tani, if you don't mind, I'd like to pivot to you for a moment and, and allow you to speak as, as the parent of a patient. And first of all, thank you so much for allowing us to meet I can't hear his story. It really means so much to me. And I know it means so much to our audience. Can you go back? And I know this is going to be difficult and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, you know, bring back painful memories, but can you tell us about right when Cain was diagnosed and, and what you remember? Well, scary. I yeah. mean, nobody wants to hear that, yeah. especially, you know, your child is so small. Right. And we had gotten back from vacation. It was Labor Day weekend. Um, and he hadn't been feeling good at nights. He was having night pains. And we thought they were growing pains. He would always get back to sleep. But that was his only symptom, I guess, if you look at the symptom list that they have. He would just wake up in the night with pains in his chest because his was in his ribs. So we went in and we thought he was, you know, backed up. So we got some fiber gummies. and. Yeah. We're going to take those. And then the next day, because we went to convenient care and the next day, our pediatrician called me when I was at work and she's like, you need to come in here because they had done an x-ray of his belly. Yes. Yes. And thankfully he was so small. His belly x-ray also got his chest. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. Yes. And I'm like, no, just tell me now. And she ended up telling me and it was, she's like, there's something on there. We can't quite, you know, because it was only an x-ray. Right. She's like, he needs more images taken and so it was fly to get him from school fly to get my husband from work and Ugh. off to our treating hospital now um st jude midwest affiliate and in that whirlwind tony how much time elapsed between when you first got that you know horrible phone call and when kane started on treatment well we were admitted that night we stayed oh. that night of course he didn't get treatment we couldn't have treatment until the official diagnosis was back but they told us that evening about Ewing's, you know, that they anticipated that that's what it was mm -hmm. and had to wait for the official results before anything. But And, and how long did that take, Tony? That was nine days. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They had said it could be up to two weeks, but right. we got the, yeah, it was nine days. 
such an agonizing wait, although as you know now very well, you know, the, the diagnosis is so crucial yes. in telling us the right treatment. If I can just pivot back to chemo quickly, Keen, how are your bones feeling now, buddy? How are they doing? Good. Awesome. Your chest feel okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounds like they took great care of you. Oh, that's wonderful. He's had a f- about four major surgeries. Yeah. Oh. He's done all the, uh, the first one took a wedge of the lung with three ribs um, to get the initial tumor. And then it came back, nodules in the lungs came back. And then they did the robotic thoracotomy, the VATS surgery. And then they nodules came back again. So they did an open thoracotomy mm-hmm. and then they came back another time and they did a lobectomy and just took the lower lobe. And that was last um, July. Okay. So that was his last surgery, but he's had the same surgeon all four times. Kim, we have a, we have, you know, what we call redundancy in the lungs, right? We have, we have two lungs and it's pretty amazing what we can do with both. Even when you've had, you know, your lungs treated like your surgeon has treated you. And I'm sorry you've needed all that. But again, it's kind of remarkable how someone like you can bounce back from that. Looks like you're breathing okay. Yeah. Wonderful. That's great. I think you're a fantastic example of just how someone can rebound from from that. That's great. As a parent, I I think I know the answer without even asking. But you kind of ask, what's what's been the hardest part of this for you? I think just explaining to him that life's not fair. Right. And, you know, these are the cards that we've been dealt. And I mean, he's, he's an old soul. He's, he's so laid back. It's just hard when, you know, you see other people doing other things and it's tough. And I meant to ask, Kim, I'm an only child. Do you have siblings? Yeah, my sister. Okay. And is she older or younger than you? She is younger than me. She's 10. Okay. Okay. And do you guys get along? Some days, some days not. <laughs> they were really close when they were little. Yeah. And at the beginning of diagnosis, they were, I mean, glued to each other. But we're at the age now where it's, you know, it's they're starting to. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that grew up with up siblings, I'm always amazed to sort of see the relationship between brothers and sisters. And I'm sure it was hard, too, when, you know, you were so close to your sister and then you had to be physically you know, separated from her. So, Ty, let me ask you this. And again, I'm thinking now back to when my family was first affected. You know, people will say to to families and to parents, you know, let me know how I can help. And they, and they tend to kind of put it in rather general terms. Are there specific ways that you can recommend that people can help families that are being affected by, by cancer? Just help raise awareness, funding. You know, we need that funding for the research to keep yes. continuing and we need the research for these little guys we need to get some treatments that aren't as harsh for their little bodies that are still trying to grow thank you for mentioning that is that you know the the treatments that you received came really came about through years and years and years of of study and, and children that were treated long before even you were affected by by Ewing so um, thank you for mentioning that time it's really important Anytime we have an opportunity to get in a trial, we we do. Thank you for advertising that because, you know, even in adult oncology, sometimes when I mention a trial to a patient, their reaction is, oh, I, you know, I don't want to be a guinea pig. But frankly, in pediatric oncology, I think that trials are, you know, I would say almost the norm is that my colleagues there have done such a wonderful job. 
in explaining to parents and patients, hey, you know what, this research actually is probably the best thing for you. And that's how we get better. So thank you so much for your testimony to that. Yes. And you know, if it saves somebody else down the road, I mean, that's what we're shooting for. So yes. And, and, and Kane, you know what, I think you've contributed to that. I really do. I really do believe that. After the initial treatment for Ewing's, it's kind of second line treatment. There is one, but then after that, it's pretty much just use something until it doesn't work anymore and then switch to something else. So a lot of our stuff are trials. Yes. um, We have tried. That is, that is so crucial to emphasize. And the American society of clinical oncology is really one of the massive organizations, again, for many of the adult cancer patients I treat that helps guide research and, like you said, funding. So that's Mm -hmm. extremely helpful. You would say that, Tony. Thank you. On the opposite side of things, you just said something very, very important. Are there things that people shouldn't say to (laughs) either either parents or even to the children themselves? Are there phrases you think people should stay away from? Don't tell me about cures that you read about on the internet that are so off the wall. I think the problem is, you know, sometimes if if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And, And then also, Kane, you are proof. To me, someone at your age getting cancer has proved to me that it is nothing that you did, okay? And especially in grownups, and your mom will understand this, sometimes in being very well-meaning and telling a patient to change their diet or their lifestyle, the implication is almost that that grownup did something incorrectly, then brought on their cancer. And I think that's the wrong message to send. And I think the fact that young people like you get cancer is proof that no, it's not all risk factors that we can change. Sometimes just bad luck. And your mom talked about life not being fair. I have to say, I think despite the unfairness you've suffered, I think you have a remarkable attitude, just an absolute yes, wonderful yes. spirit. And um, that does happen with the people comparing, you know, childhood cancer to adult cancers. And it's yes. like, that's not even the same. I mean, ballpark. As you know, even with sarcoma, there are dozens of different types of sarcoma. Yeah. In fact, yeah. as an adult oncologist, I have colleagues where that's all that they do. So specialize. And so when we talk about, and you've probably heard this phrase too, when people talk about the cure for cancer, the problem I have with that phrase, if I'm honest, is that it treats it as if it's all one disease. And it's really a grouping of actually hundreds of different diseases including Ewing's, of course, but including lots of other things. And so it's, unfortunately, right now, it's difficult for me to imagine that there's one single answer to all these different diseases. So yeah. can I ask, you mentioned the, the I believe it was a long operation last summer. What's happening right now with your care, King? What's going on right now? Well, we have a three-week cycle. We go take a liquid for the first week and then the other two weeks we take pills. Yep. Okay. And then he he goes on the two Mondays, day one and day eight, and gets an IV. Okay. Too. So they're 21 day cycles. And we've been, I think we just started cycle 21. Okay. So, and, and does your school, are they understanding, Kane, of what you have? still remote. Oh, he wow. Does. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Double kudos to you then. <laughs> So your mom's also kind of the principal there. Can you better? Well, behave? it's grandma. Oh, Grandma's grandma. Even better. Oh, that's she's, a retired, she's a retired high school teacher. So. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What an amazing family you guys have. She's been pretty awesome. For, for We've been able to keep working, my husband and I. So 
Yeah. Oh gosh. I, We've worked through this whole, well, through our whole diagnosis and then through the whole COVID. I utmost respect for you both. I, I can only imagine the juggling act that's required. So Kane, it sounds like your folks have done so much to to support you, but you're also, I'm sure, an inspiration to them. So I'm sure that he is. He is very much. That's wonderful. I'm going to end with a question that we ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Okay. And this is the question, Kane. Okay. How are you conquering cancer? Day by day. Day by day. <laughs> keep hiding, I guess. Yeah. That's that's the way to look at it, right? Is that if you if you sat back at the beginning and you knew all the things that you were going to have to go through with this, it would seem so daunting and unachievable. But when you break it down into discrete steps, you know, some grown-ups will say one day at a time, right? Sounds to me like that's how you're approaching it. And and it has it has pulled us together as a family closer. You guys are wonderful. You're such a wonderful example of, again, the resilience of, of children, but also you and your husband, Connie, just how families can rally around our kids yes. uh, and get them through something like this. So thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us. And Kane, I'm a little, I would be a little afraid, I think, to take you on in gaming. I think you would beat me very, very easily. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe one of these days I'll see you online and we can have a match, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, it was super brave of you to come on here. I know it's not always easy to talk. Uh, in public about what you've been through privately, but we really, really appreciate you doing it. The awareness for childhood cancer. And that's the whole point of this month, right? So we're recording this on September the 1st. This is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, Again, cancer is not just a disease of aging. It's not what we call a disease of senescence. It can happen to anybody, young or old. And again, you're going to be an inspiration to anybody that hears this, buddy. Okay, so thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. And we thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Conquer Cancer, the ASCO Foundation. Conquer Cancer is creating a world where cancer is prevented or cured and every survivor is healthy. You can help by making a donation now at conquer.org forward slash podcast. The participants of this podcast report no conflicts of interest relevant to this podcast. Full disclosures can be found on the episode page at conquer.org. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. This is not a substitute for professional medical care and is not intended for use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy should not be construed as an ASCO endorsement.